Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black, along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights from 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. And we have the Bears Down Podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app. Week 5 is in the books. The Bears lose a tough one, 29-22 to the Vikings in Minneapolis. But as we uh, shift our gears towards a short week 6, the Bears will host the Commanders at Soldier Field on Thursday. Let's recap what we saw against the Vikings, Abdallah. This team fought back in the second half. I'm proud of what I saw from the defense, limiting the Vikings to no points in the third quarter, and the offense and the quarterback. They looked good in, in the second half, moving the football and scoring some touchdowns. They came up short, but it was a much improved, much needed performance from Justin Fields in the offense on Sunday. Yeah, I think if you look at the end of the game, Chris, it kind of played out almost exactly how we said it was going to, right? Like, the Vikings are probably the better team. Their skill positions were the difference makers, right? Uh, You know, Justin Jefferson was running all over the Bears. Like, he couldn't, like, Kirk Cousins completed his first 13 or 14 passes, and a bunch of them were to Justin Jefferson. But then we said at the end, hey, compete in this game. Have an opportunity at the end of the game to put up a touchdown and either tie it or win the game. And that's exactly what happened. Two minutes left, over two minutes left in the game. The Bears get the ball back and they're driving. And obviously the ball is literally ripped out of their hands and the win is taken away from them. But up until that point, this was a game where in the first two quarters, Minnesota puts up 21 points and you're like, oh crap, well this is over. Like this is done. The defense looked awful. The offense couldn't get anything going. They have like three minutes of possession in the first quarter. Not very much after in the second quarter either, but they managed to come back and score 10 points. So you're okay. Execute a two-for-one here, right? You've got, you're getting the ball back in the second half. What you can do at the end of the half is score a touchdown, force a punt or a missed field goal or whatever, then get the ball back again to start the second half, put up another touchdown, and make this a three- or four-point game. And that's exactly what they did. They did exactly that, and you found that this offense uh, opened up a little bit more. The defense didn't quit. They kept playing, which was great, and you saw there were some turnovers there. Uh, there was a uh, Kendall Vildor interception, which was good, and you know the, the Bears do lose, but I think it's, it's not a moral victory, but it's an optimistic loss. right? It, it's not like the Giants game. Where you're like, okay, well, that was awful. Like, that was crap. Like, maybe this guy isn't the guy, and, like, this is just awful from, from every perspective. Defense, that, offense. That wasn't the assessment we had, though. After the Giants game, go back to the podcast. The one thing that, that we said was, I didn't think Fields played poorly. No, he didn't. But, but the, the cover... It was what was around. It was the decisions from polls. Yes. First round pick, or his first draft picks... Jones with the fumble, just other things to why the team couldn't compete against the Giants in a winnable game. I felt like that offensively, a lot of the same against the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, what's the Blasting game doing? Running running onto the field late for the the first play of the game. What is he doing? His choppy feet just flying out. Like, what are you doing, man? And then then you have uh, Musterford with... With chucking the the snap right at Fields' stomach when he's trying to change pr- pr- protection, you have drops from Pettis. You have the terrible fumble at the end from um, you had uh, Smith Marset. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there were disti- there were problems all over the place. The quarterback wasn't the problem. In fact, he looked pretty good and comfortable. No, I'm saying that the conversation was that they have the worst offense in football, and like, can you hear this that? Is gonna or is be that real louder bad. in here than? Than what you're thinking. Are you even listening? 
Did I lose Adam Abdallah on no, a podcast? No, I'm listening to you. I'm listening. Could you hear it? Yeah, I could hear. I could hear you doing your little. What just your, happened in your there? little thing? My headphones came unplugged. All right. And just I had my mic sure. on at the same time, so I couldn't hear anything. That's I, I, how thought, studios, I thought I lost you on a live studios, podcast. That's how studios work. I thought I, I thought you had to redial. No, 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 no. I'm in right person. here. I'm right in front of you. Did I had you to have re-plug. to do a hard reboot on I yourself? I had to replug in. I had to replug in because I couldn't hear you. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Dude's running on the field late. No, I'm saying that the national conversation was that the fields is the worst is is like the worst offense in the NFL. The Bears have the worst offense in the NFL. Yeah, and that's that's what the conversation was after the Giants game. And then you see what they're capable of, and Mooney making good catches, then moving the ball down the field, and everybody getting involved. And and it was a good game plan from the offense. And you know, even after the running on the field late, I'm waiting for you to do the the thing again. Hold on, I'm waiting for you to do Hold it on, again. Let me... yeah. Waiting for you to do that again. Even after that, the first play from scrimmage was they got all they got it all back with Those Montgomery. Choppy little feet, and and you see how good Montgomery is, and what we talked about needing two running backs in there because it makes a huge difference. And so, to me, now you look. There's a completely listen. If you've listened to ESPN 1000 the last two days, whenever you're listening to this, last three days, it's a completely different conversation oh, than it was. Are you saying completely that there's some change, change in the in the wind? See, in the this air. is this is why is you there, is there some change? Well. Th- I think it's more you and I huh. are are watching this oh. from 10,000 feet up. We're looking at this and saying this is a complete season here. This isn't a, oh, Fields is not the guy. Fields might be the guy. Is he, isn't he? Will they, won't they? Will they, won't they? This isn't the Wonder Years or Friends, okay? This is a, a team that is trying to make progress throughout the entire season. Now, against the Commanders, and we'll get into that when we preview the Commanders, again, you're going to have an opportunity for fields to shine because their defense is one of the worst teams in the NFL against the pass. So you have another opportunity to have Justin Fields show what he can do and what he's capable of. And I think that you and I both agree that the weapons around him, Mooney's fine, he's not a number one, but everything else around him is just so god-awful that you're seeing Pettis dropping two and three balls a game. You're seeing a guy getting a ball literally ripped out of his hands. You're seeing Cole Komet on a block on one of those sacks. Cole Komet completely whiffs, yeah. like tries to set a, a, a small, ch- a small uh, chop real quick, just try to push him off his route, and couldn't even do that. He ends up falling over, and Fields gets sacked. So he's got absolute garbage around him. And I think that you saw against a decent defense, not great against the pass, like we talked about going into the game, that Fields and the offense put something together, and it's something to build on. Does it mean that everything's changed and, oh, my God, everything is fixed? No, it doesn't. But it's something to build on going into this week, a short week against the commanders, who are also not very good against the pass. What do you make of uh, Eberflus and the decisions made in, in the second half? Uh, I thought I didn't like the onside kick, giving up the short field to an offense you were having trouble stopping to begin with. I get the defense, and Eberflus then talked about it uh, after the game and then on Monday, talking about this idea that he went to the defense and said, hey, I don't know if this is going to work, but you guys are going to have to stop him if if it doesn't work. Uh, The defense holds strong, and they block a field goal attempt. I didn't like that in that point of the game because I thought the Bears were building momentum. I didn't think they needed to give up the short field when they were already having progress in the third quarter. So that's one decision. The other one would be you you finally decide to go for a fourth and short 
opportunity. And on that drive, after you get the the first down, Mm -hmm. Justin Fields escapes, picks up with his legs. The Bears then are faced with another fourth and five. It was fourth and four when they went for it. Fourth and five. They kick a field goal. Like what? What are you? What are you doing there? Just go for it. You're already. You're trailing. Yeah. You 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 have the momentum. Yeah. You have a quarterback who's elusive. Why did you go for it in one spot to gain ten yards? You then kick the field goal in the next spot. They should have gone for it there. And uh, just some of the decisions made by Eberflus, I was not a big fan of. I. Uh, I guess I didn't mind the field goal, but that's that's outcome bias, or not the field goal, the uh, the go the onside kick. Ooh, that I, don't, resulted. I don't like it at all. But that to me, that's outcome. It's I'm I'm calling myself outcome bias on it because you were successful in the fact that Minnesota didn't score. Right. Right. But if you look at it and you look at, you know, the, the defense hadn't been on the field yet, so they're fresh. So I see the point of kicking it away. They haven't been on the field the entire halftime, obviously. The Bears got the ball. They marched down the field. They scored a touchdown. So your defense is fresh at that point. Yeah. Not like beginning of the game fresh. Right. But they're well rested. And now you have, you're right, you have momentum on your side. Pin them back. It's 21-16. You scored. And now, you know, you should be in a position to play some better. You've made your adjustments. So play some better defense and pin them back, like you said. And then uh, maybe you force a three and out and you have better field position after that. Now, you didn't have horrible field position after the uh, the missed field goal because it was from the 33. So you still got the ball at the 33 and you still, you know, they went down and they kicked their own field goal. But then that leads to the next decision of just go for it. You're, you're saying that one yard made a difference? Yeah, right. Like, just go for it. Right. Because at worst, at worst there... Okay, so I guess it's still 21 to 16 and then you get the interception so you get the ball back and then you could go for it again or, or try to score a touchdown they end up scoring a field goal there it's 22-21 the first time the Bears take the lead. So yeah, some questionable decisions, but I feel like those are year one dis- like decisions where if he had that back, he might have gone for it there. Like I wonder if Getzy would is in the back of his head being like we should have gone for it. And like when they're evaluating the tape they're like we should have gone for it. Like one yard's really going to make that big of a difference. You go for it. And I also think that if if we're fast forwarding and you you have the same situation next year and there's better weapons around Justin Fields, maybe that makes their decision a little bit easier. When they're like, "Well, who are we going to I mean, Pettis is going probably going to drop it. Like who are you gonna, you've got Mooney. That's it. That's your only reliable target." five yards down the field because what are you going to do uh dump it to montgomery and hope that he can get enough blocks to get five yards yeah i mean i i just think as this offense starts to develop and as the idea that fields is more willing to go down uh down the field to find receivers past the sticks i i think what's going to happen is you're going to open up more the dump out pass to montgomery like we saw a little against the vikings but also guys like Komet coming across the middle Something that's like six, seven yards from the line of scrimmage, a little turnaround, you could pop it right there. And then that releases some of the defense to have to cover those spots. Mm-hmm. And then Fields has more of an opportunity to run, which he can do. He's very good at it. He had yeah. a great play that was negated because of a terrible uh, penalty. Ugh. So, I mean, there, there were different uh, avenues, but... I think overall, Justin Fields looked really uh, in control in this game. 15 of 21, throwing 208 
yardage, one touchdown quarterback rating of 118.8. So uh, by far, as far as you look at a, a clean line, his stat line was the best we've seen as a pro. I, I thought he made better throws against the Steelers last year. So some spots where I thought he made better throws, and he made that hell of a great throw, a deep throw against the Lions at home last year mm-hmm. to Mooney. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some better throws in other spots, but this was by far the best complete game he's played. He looked comfortable, and he looked like he's starting to get it. Yeah, and I think that goes to a lot of things, right? That goes to him being more comfortable in this offense week to week. It goes to the, the Vikings defense not being great against the pass, but also it goes to the fact that he was only sacked twice you know like i know that twice is still a lot but at the same time it's not five and it's not four and it's not six so it's it's better when he's more comfortable they were giving him a decent amount of time to throw back there and i think that you know that might be the vikings saying hey try to beat us and guess what they almost did but at the same time they're the offensive line takes time to gel now they did have penalties and i want to mention that in this matt eberflus let's play clean football two of your first offensive drives started with penalties like that can't happen bad it set them up horribly yeah horribly and so you had six penalties for 40 yards you can't i get the holdings every once in a while because those are borderline calls sometimes and whatnot but coming out and not having the right personnel on the field coming out and having the snap hit your quarterback in the chest when he's not ready for it like none of that should be should be happening to start drives like the other stuff is fine. I, I I will I will allow a holding every once in a while. I've been like, all right, well, I mean, that's not Eberflus out there. That's not you know having the the right play call in or having a delay of game or something like that. Those are the ones that are on the team and the coaching staff. I feel like not having the right personnel to start a game. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's like, that's embarrassing. You shouldn't be. You that that kind of stuff shouldn't be happening. So. Yes. Did they, could they have been better there? But no. I think Justin Fields is when he has time. We've seen it. We've said it for the last two years. When he has time to throw, he is accurate and will get the ball to his receiver. Now it's on them to catch it. Mm-hmm. But And Mooney made a great catch on a ball that was probably over, that was overthrown, and he made that acrobatic catch. But that's what number ones are supposed to do, and he wants to be a number one. I'm not saying he is, but that's what he wants to do. So I think just an overall good game from the offense. Now the defense, not great. No. Like you can't start like good on them. For taking advantage of the Vikings probably taking their foot off the gas a little bit and then needing to, to ramp it up, and they did. It felt like the at the end of the game, the Vikings could score whenever, with the beginning and the very end, that the Vikings could score whenever they wanted to. You can't start a game and give up 21 points and put your offense in that kind of a hole. That's crazy. Like, that's just unacceptable. From a, from a defensive-minded head coach who's supposed to have this defense schemed out where football outsiders said that they're supposed to be a top 10 defense by the end of the year. They were 15th in DVOA heading into this game. They dropped a little bit. They're 18th in DVOA right now after this game against the Vikings. Now, if you have a bend and don't break, if those would have ended in field goals, I wouldn't have a problem with it because you'd be down nine to nothing instead of 21. That's different. But the fact that Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, that you couldn't get to Kirk Cousins to save your life. No. No pressure on the quarterback whatsoever. No pressure. He was sitting back there for what seemed like 10 seconds at a time. You have to find ways to get pressure because, especially these next coming weeks, you've got the, you've got, uh, the commanders coming up here on Thursday. You, if you can get to Carson Wentz, he's bad. Like, Carson Wentz is not good. And he's, he was limited in practice today with a shoulder injury, so you need to get to him. And some of these upcoming games against, you know, 
not starting quarterbacks that you need to get to them so you can rattle them a little bit. And they just haven't been able to get any kind of pressure whatsoever. The Bears' defense, rush yards per game given up. They're 31st in the NFL, 170 rushing yards per game. Uh, They're 25th in the NFL defensively in sacks, only getting 1.6 sacks per game. Uh, They're 30th in points per game given up in the first half. They're 30th in giving up the most points uh, in the the first half, 16 per first half that they play. On the flip side, they're only giving up 5.2 points in the second half. They're fifth in all football uh, points per half. Uh, and then this one, third down conversion percentage, the Bears are last. Ugh. 32nd. 50% of the time, they are giving up a first down on third down. You can't do that. Third down conversion percentage, or 30th. And you're right, defensive-minded head coach, you you have to improve this defense. And And to what you just laid out there, Adam, is that if this defense was a little better, borderline top 10, you probably beat the Giants. You probably beat the Vikings. Oh right? yeah, like yeah. and and you're probably helping out this young rookie quarterback mm. hell of a lot more than the situations you put him in because it was basically a no win situation. What after one quarter in Minneapolis? Yeah, I mean, so you know, I we can sit and blame some of the weapons and the lack of offensive line help, but in reality, when you look at the record two and three. The reason they're two and three is not because of the play of the quarterback. The reason they're two and three is because of the defense and their inability to stop the run game for the opposition. Yeah, Justin Fields didn't give up all those points against the the Packers or the Vikings either. Like, I mean, this is a, a team we saw before. We've seen this before. Like, they had a lot of playmakers. Obviously, they had top line talent when they set you know turnover records and they propped up Mitch Trubisky with short fields and he was starting from his you know from the opposition's forty every time because they were turning the ball over two and three times a game. But you don't have that this time, so you have to be opportunistic. But also, you need to find a way to get stops on third down and also set yourself up to where you're not relying on turnovers. Like, you shouldn't be going into games being like, man, we really need a turnover right now because those are sometimes opportunistic. Like, those don't always fall your way. Now, again, fast forward into this two, two days from now, a winnable game against the Commanders where your defense should be able to shine, your offense also should be able to shine. The Bears are only a one-point favorite. But again, they've got the way this offense has played uh, this last week against the, the Vikings – there's some winnable games still on this schedule for them. And I'm not of the belief still of, oh, well, now you just, I, I only want to see progress from the quarterbacks. No, I want to see wins too because that just helps the overall team. Yeah. There's a lot of young guys on it. It isn't just the quarterback. There's a lot of young players on this team that need help developing, and wins help that development. Coming away with a win and not just saying, ah, oh, man, well, Fields played well. You think Kyler Gordon's happy that they gave up 20, 29 points? No. No. So those guys have to develop also, and that de- with that development comes wins. Like, I'm tired of this, oh, well, they lost, but we saw fields develop. I don't want that this year. Oh, yeah, I wasn't happy after the game. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of Bears fans that listen to our podcast or the show, I, I have a feeling they feel the same way we do. I, I was not celebrating anything from Sunday. I was bummed out. I was annoyed. I, I didn't. That was not enjoyable the way it ended, nor the, the first half. Mm-mm. 
Uh, were there moments where you feel better about the outcome or the future? Yeah, absolutely. There were moments in that second half where I started to picture in my mind how this is going to look when there's some weapons and when that this when it's not just a total clown show around the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we, we laid it out here on the podcast. Blasting game. Hey, listen, I'm a, a fullback enthusiast, but him running onto the field for the first play of the game, which is scripted, and, and not being ready, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Mustafer, embarrassing. Your quarterback's changing the protection. You fire off the snap against his chest. Embarrassing. The drops from Pettis. I mean, what, Fields went 16 of 21? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are two drops from Pettis. Yeah. Okay, so you're telling that's me 18. he could have gone 18 for 21 yep. on the day? That's pretty good. The yardage mm-hmm. would have been higher than 208, right? Well, you might have converted some of those third downs or whatever. I don't remember the situation in I'm which just Pettis dropped the, the ball. But. There, there, are, there are people who are fans who are looking at and finding ways to critique the quarterback. I think the quarterback is not the issue here. There's a lot of other things going on that are the problem. Yeah. And Luke Getze, we played it on the podcast after the Giants game. He said the offense was moving, things are working, we just didn't score touchdowns, and that's why people are upset. Mm-hmm. And he's right. In back-to-back weeks, the offense is moving the football, and the quarterback is starting to look a little better. So, yeah, it's all with a grain of salt, though, because at the end of the day, the quarterback needs to get in the end zone. There needs to be more touchdowns. If there's not more touchdowns and more points, then we're going to criticize. And I think it's only fair, but I think there were things that we saw in this game against the Vikings that make us uh, pretty happy with the outcome. Uh, going forward, right? The the end score not uh, making us uh, happy, but maybe the idea that at some point this season the offense is going to be able to score some points and the quarterback looks good, that could be something that you could be happy with going forward. Eberflus on Monday talked about this idea that they're throwing more and, and the run-pass balance and, and how maybe they're more comfortable with the quarterback and the wide receivers. Let's take a listen to the head coach of the Bears, Eberflus, on Monday. Yeah, I just think it's growing. You know, the guys are growing. I think the, the, the players are getting used to the scheme. The timing's getting better. The rhythm's getting better. I thought that yesterday the, the protection was good, and the protection's been good, you know, at times, and it was it was better yesterday. And uh, the guys are just getting used to it. You know, the, the, you can feel Justin, you know, comfortable uh, where he is. Uh, right now in the offense, he's taking command. I can see him in practice, uh, and I've seen it the last couple weeks, him taking control of, you know, route depths and talking to receivers, hey, I want you to run it this way, you know, run it that way, Have you know, whatever the detail is, he's right there on top of it, and uh, he's been growing that way, and that's been really good. Justin Fields also on uh, Monday or after the game talked about uh, the areas the offense he thinks has taken a step forward. Efficiency in the passing game, I think we took a step forward for sure. Um, I felt like the protection was better today, um, for sure. I think, you know, we definitely handled their blitz better than last week. So um, I felt like we step, took a step forward in that. And um, just overall, I'm just just proud of the, you know everybody and the way they fought. You know, we were down 21-3. A lot of the same teams in this league would have, you know, just laid down and, you know, uh, stopped playing. But I'm just proud of our guys and the way they fought. Justin was also uh, asked about being comfortable in this offense, and is this the most comfortable he's felt as Bears quarterback? I would say so. I mean, it's just like just trying to stay calm, I think. You know, I think when I first got here, you see big guys flying around, D-linemen going fast. Like, you just think you have to speed everything up. But um, I'm just starting to figure out, like, you just got to play within your own rhythm and, the you know, the way you know how to play and just staying calm in the pocket. So, yeah. so that's Justin Fields after the Vikings game. Luke Getze on Tuesday talked about the growth for Fields from the games 
Uh, the Vikings and the Giants, what has he seen from the quarterback to this point? Here's the offensive coordinator. Tons of progress. If I said that, I don't, I, I don't like using like those adjectives that are like extreme. I'm just not that type of person. So, um, But, no, there's been progress, right, and we're sticking to the plan. Um, you know, he, I thought he put, did a really nice job um, in that game in the sense of, like, he kept his composure, right? They got off to a big lead. Uh, he kept the team together. Um, he did a really good job uh, hunting completions for us. And then, you know, he had three or four unbelievable escapes that, like, were just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, no, I thought he did an, a, a pretty good job. Again, it's, we're getting a little bit better each week, and that's, that's truly that's, that's our purpose. That's our goal. So Getze also was asked about Fields and the fact that he said that it's the most comfortable Fields has been to this point. This is what Getze had to say on that. That's the experience part of it that is hard for everybody to have patience with. And, like, he's, it's cool that he's seeing that or saying that, um, but, he, but, like, where hopefully he's, what he sees and how he views everything um, 10 games from now, hopefully he can, you know, he can even say that more dramatically. Um, that's part of playing this position. Like you can't, you can't say or feel those things unless you experience it in the games. And, and he's he's got more. You know, he's you know he's got a few uh, a few more reps under his belt now. And so I think he you know he's starting to play within uh, you know his style and his ways. And he's finding his own way and within our system and uh, and helping his teammates around him and all that good stuff. So I think that just all there's a lot that goes into playing the position, right? And so uh, each week. You know, he's been able to take on more and feel more and understand more and know why's and all that stuff. So I think it's just it just kind of all plays into each other. So there you go. Luke Getze on Tuesday talking about the quarterback. We also heard from Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields himself. It, it seems as if things are moving in the right direction. It does. And I, I would think that they, you know, they, they, they should win on Thursday. Like you have to win on Thursday. I'm not saying it's a must win, but in order to keep this positivity up after a loss which is weird you need to win like the commanders are are worse than you they are worse in in every facet of the game passing running defense like they are like the dvoa numbers show that they are worse than you you should get jalen johnson back he's been a full participation in both days of practice leading up to this game as we record this on a tuesday so you should get him back so that should help a lot and i mean look you and listen chris this is just me and you this is me and you here, and Always. our fine listeners, and our yeah. fine listeners here. Yeah. Carson, Carson Wentz sucks. Well, like, he's not good. He's not good. I think you can say that. I like, don't think he, you need to say if it's Carson just us Wentz, here. If Carson Wentz beats this defense, then Eberflus has got bigger problems on his hands, right? Like, Justin Fields should be able to, to throw on this team, right. and Carson Wentz should not be beating you. Right. Because the commanders are bad, and you sh- you're at home on a short week. You should be able to take advantage of that situation. Yeah, I agree with you, and and that's why I think this is a an exciting game, and I think it's going to be a situation that uh, if they could somehow get some offensive scoring early against Wentz and that, that sloppy offensive line the commanders are all out there, mm-hmm. uh, you might have an opportunity here to like really get the crowd behind you, get some good vibes, allow your quarterback to thrive a little. That That would be nice. You know, and to your point, I'm sick of watching them have to battle back from behind, from from early on, because of what the defense isn't able to do. Get the get the lead early, and like, let's see what happens when you can kind of control the game with your run game, get Montgomery working, 
mix in the play action, not have to rely on fields to make plays to bring you back. Mm -hmm. It it would be a different way to go about playing a football game, which they haven't really encountered yet, you know? Well, this is what we say about every up-and-coming team, right? Beat the bad teams, hang around with the decent teams, and showing progress is hanging around with the really good teams and beating the decent teams. Like, I would say that this team was good if they had beaten the Vikings— and beaten the Giants, and then hung around with the Packers. Like, I don't expect them to beat the Packers. Just the same, I don't expect them to beat the Bills or the Eagles later this year. Like, those are going to be bad games. Yeah. But the progress is beating bad teams, hanging around with the teams that are around your, your, your level, which I think, I mean, the Vikings are decent, but they're not special. I don't think they're anything special. No. I still think the Packers, are, despite the records, I still think the Packers are a better team and are going to end up winning the division. So they haven't played each other yet. So to me, it's, it's just going to – I think that they should be a, a team that the Bears should beat on Thursday. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, what do you say? Uh, we record this podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays. Back. The Vikings beat the uh, Packers week one. I just remember that. They did. Sorry. W- would you like to uh, re-edit? No, I don't care. You, want, you want to edit it No, out? we're doing this live. You want to edit that in no, post? No, I don't need to edit it in post. I'm, I forgot the week one of the season when the Vikings beat the Packers. And guess what? The Packers will beat the Vikings whenever they play them again, and I'll get that for you right now. We can edit it out. No, towards the end of the second, in post. second to last game of the season. We could do that. January 1st, if New like. Year's Day. We could, if you want. There's going to be NFL games and college football yeah. games on New Year's Day? Yes. We talked about this, like... Oh, like a boy. year ago, oh we, boy! A year ago, we talked about the the cluster f that's going to go on with uh, pro football, oh boy, and college football, and also the World Cup in December. Yeah. Woof! All right, all right. So, uh, how about this? Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we bring you the Bear Down podcast. Uh, why don't we record again Wednesday oh, to preview uh, the Commanders and the Bears? I'm ready. Since- we could just go now. Since Thursday, oh, you want me to just cut it, just say goodbye, say and goodbye. Then three, two, one, yeah. and then go right into just roll our preview. Right into, I'm ready. Uh, so why, why don't we record <laughs> our Bears Commanders preview tomorrow? So look for that on a Wednesday, a day early because we have the Thursday night football game home at Soldier Field. Maybe the quarterback could score some points. We'll preview the game Commanders and Bears on our next podcast. But thank you for listening to the Bear Down Podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app.